You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. You know you want to sing it, just do it. Let's get out of the way now so I don't have to worry about it later. I'm not going to sing the Macarena. I don't know what you're talking about. The Macarena? No! What song did you think I was thinking of? You know what I'm talking about. Do you really, really want to, do you really, really want to taste it? Seriously. Do you want to taste it? Where has it been? Let me ask that question first. (laughs) Is there cheese? That's always an important question. Well, you know, cheese will make me uh, open to many suggestions. Well, there's certainly a lot of cheese in the show Peacemaker, but that's the good kind of cheese. Well, is there any other? But I'm switching the literal with figurative here. Peacemaker (laughs) is the new TV series spinoff of James Gunn's The Suicide Squad, which, again, I feel like I don't have to correct anybody at this point anymore, but not that previous Suicide Squad movie without the word the in front of it, but The Suicide Squad, which was much better received. It's a much better movie and certainly a lot more fun and of DC stuff, with the possible exception of their Harley Quinn animated series, the hardest they've come at you for sure. Like, we are not fucking around. This is for grown-ups. It's going to be dirty. But it's also going to be childish in the way when grown-ups are telling poop and fart jokes. Which is not going to be for everybody, but overall, and most of the time, I think it was for me. But let's take a look. Before we get started, who's joining me on this review? I've got Elliot. Hello, hello. Marco. I don't look 14. I just think like a 14-year-old. And Neil. Hello. This aired on HBO. Everyone was kind of surprised so soon after the release of the actual movie that they were like, yeah, we're going to take this character that John Cena played, Peacemaker or Chris Smith, and we're going to give him his own show on HBO that James Gunn will actually be producing and directing and writing some of the episodes for. Along for the ride as well from that movie, we have Jennifer Holland, who played Amelia Harcourt, Steve Agee, who played John Economos, people who worked under Amanda Waller, who is also returning here, Viola. Davis is sort of more of a guest appearance than anything else. But here's the news. Chris, after he gets out of the hospital because of the originally presumed dead during the movie The Suicide Squad, but then in a post credit scene, not dead, which I wonder was a sort of, hey, do we have to have him be dead <laughs> after they were done filming thing? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But they really like to keep a- making money. He and John Cena hit it off perfectly. So it was like, okay, we'd like to do another project together. So we'll do this thing about this weird, obscure character that apparently predated even DC goes all the way back to Charleston comics. Just DC didn't do anything with them for a very, very, very long time. Charleston is where they go when they go, you know what? Do we have some characters nobody wants anymore? 
Let's do something horrible with them. And that's how we got Watchmen. Here he is accompanied by his bird, Eagly, which is the best character in the whole show. I'm sorry. I love Eagly so much. I want an Eagly t-shirt that makes it very clear that it's for Peacemaker because I don't want people thinking I'm one of those. To America, dude. Guys going around. Even though Peacemaker is one of those, well, America dudes. Tongue in cheek in terms of the show. So he's out. He's like, well, I'm back in my America laden trailer. And what now? Well, what now? is Amanda Waller's like, did you really think we were done with you? No, you're part of this new squad here, working with those two people we saw previously in the movie who are being punished for turning on Amanda Waller towards the end of it. And we're adding a few new people, including Danielle Brooks as Leota Adebayo, that we know early on, but they don't, that she is the daughter of Amanda Waller. And even though she, like, I guess is a veterinarian or something in her regular life, she's like, well, we need money, uh, me and my wife. So, like, Mom's going to hook you up with a job working in a black ops group. This splinter group here is being led by Clemson Mern, which is played by Chukwudi Iwuji. And he's like, well, this project is called Project Butterfly. You're in whether you like it or not. And along with the ride, because he styles himself Peacemaker's best friend, is Adrian Chase, who goes by the sobriquet Vigilante, who... I loved so much his comic books. I was a huge, he was a Punisher knockoff, but he had the coolest outfit. Here, he's not that same character, really, other than the outfit. He's played kind of for a goofy, needy guy. Hey, what are we doing today, man? What are we doing? What do you want to do? You want to do something? You're my best friend. He ends up being along for the ride because they're like, well, he's seen us. He's heard too much. So I guess he's part of the team now. As they try and decipher what is Project Butterfly, even though the team itself is very reluctant to explain to Chris what Project Butterfly is, it is a an alien colonization group that can invasion of the body snatchers people except instead of creating a duplicate they just straight up go down your throat and take over your body for good there's no coming back well we're investigating we're trying to figure out what people in power have already been taken over that escalates into well almost immediately total fucking carnage <laughs> <laughs> this is playing it for laughs. It's playing it for the violence. It's playing it for tongue in cheek. And, you know, I think most people were really, really with this, but I have talked to a few people who were like, this is just not my thing. I only had one person in my circle that just didn't like it. I've loved Jane's gun stuff, but the Suicide Squad should have been the key of, okay, he knows what he's doing. And he wrote all the episodes for this. And by the first episode, you're totally in. I think this show has the record for what the fuck moments and actual times it's cast says what the fuck i thought the show knocked it out of the park from the start and didn't slow down even before they released the suicide squad they already announced that we were going to get a peacemaker series and so i thought okay that could be interesting and when he supposedly died on screen in the first film i thought ah oh, fuck don't tell me this is going to be a prequel series i don't give a <laughs> shit how this asshole became this guy no, this does pick up after the Suicide Squad, and you, we still find out how he became the fucking jingoistic asshole that he is. And I much preferred that approach, because I thought, oh god, I don't want to see this guy again. But I'll be damned if John Cena didn't kind of win me over. He is a fucked up, horrible loser, as so many gun protagonists are. And yet, you kind of end up liking him despite all the reasons why you should not like a guy like this. I'm going to be honest, I'm actually one of the people that didn't really care for this. Oh, good. I'm glad we have someone who's in the next <laughs> Finally, someone we can gang up on! I like The Suicide Squad, but I'm also one of the people that wasn't as crazy about it as most other people. And I think this suffers from a lot of the problems that I had with that. There's a lot of great stuff in this show, especially acting-wise. I think the story is really pretty weak and scattershot all around. 
Some of the characters, especially Vigilante, are just cloying and annoying as fuck. Some of the witticisms in the show make Joss Whedon look understated. But there is fun stuff. Eagly is is a great character. Robert Patrick is chewing the scenery, kind of. Like, Archie Bunker as run through a Jack Kirby supervillain filter. (laughs) Robert Patrick plays his dad, who is a supervillain named the White Dragon, who is a white supremacist. And he is a real piece of shit, but also the guy who armors up Peacemaker. He's got a secret TARDIS laboratory that's bigger on the inside than it is on the outside, where he builds all of his helmets that give him various special abilities, some of them more useful than others. My favorite is the one that gives everyone near you scabies. (laughs) Because sometimes you need a challenge. That might have been just an excuse for his dad said, well, I was testing out the helmet. Sorry, I gave everybody scabies. It was the helmet that did it. That was what it was. The show goes to a point where the main villain of the series, you assume, are the aliens in and of themselves, but they're really sort of a question mark villain because they are doing something that isn't a good thing, but maybe for the right reasons. The real villain of the show really is Robert Patrick. It's the theme of overbearing parents, peacemakers, Leotas, and that's what the butterflies essentially are becoming is they're going to need to be the overbearing parent of the human race that doesn't know any better and can't get its shit right. That is absolutely true. I am actually with you, Elliot, on a couple things you said, though, that I had problems with. I thought Vigilante is seriously Homer Simpsonized. He's just dumb to a point that you're just like, okay, where sometimes it's pretty funny. It serves a purpose in the plot often, but at points it's like, enough. This is ridiculous how stupid this guy is. And then at the same time, the plot is kind of bare bones. There's not really a lot to it. It's a pretty simple idea. We've seen things much like it before. Now, I think in the end, it plays out for, as Neil said, the, the subtext of the whole show about parentage, overbearing parents, it works on that level. This ultimately is a show about character development, everybody in it growing and becoming a better person, which is why, as Marco said, if this had been a prequel, it wouldn't have worked at all, because we know who that person ended up becoming, and we don't like him. But this guy starting from that point and going, I have doubts, and growing into a different person, albeit still a giant man-child, is uh, much more interesting to watch. At some point, I'm convinced that the reason we have Vigilante in here is he's a sociopath and, and an idiot. Even though he approaches every horrible situation with some giddy childlike wonder. But you kind of need someone even more stupid than Peacemaker if you're going to have any sort of sympathy for him. Kind of to piggyback off of what Elliot was saying, and, and you to an extent as well, Chris. As much as I enjoyed this, you're right, there's not a big story. A lot of it is stretched out with a lot of gags and verbal humor, which individually work fine. But you realize that James Gunn has a kind of joke set up that he likes and he uses it over and over, and we've seen him do it in other films. The guy who takes everything literally, so now you have to explain to him what this figure of speech meant, and then they're challenging you on it until everybody's annoyed with one another, and just digressing when they should be like doing something serious. It's constantly undercutting the stakes or the plot, a lot of which is dragged down by the fact that no one ever just tells Peacemaker what's actually going on. Like, the first half of the series is him just going like, 
Can someone tell me what's actually happening? And by the time he finds out, we realize that all the other characters already know. And it's like, oh, so this big surprise wasn't really that big of a surprise to anyone but Peacemaker. You know, I think it's wackiness sometimes undercuts some stuff. One of the most egregious jokes was someone is reading a Berenstein Bears book in like a a surveillance van. And they're having that joke discussion about, isn't it spelled S-T-E-I-N? Is it Berenstein or Berenstein? This joke is like five years old and so random that it feels like a bad family guy aside. Well, it wasn't that random. They were referring to the family under surveillance as the Berenstein Bears. And in the lull and boredom of a stakeout, you know, actually, it's Berenstain Bears. That's a gun thing, too. Working in music and these Very gun. silly conversations in high-stress moments, he's worked into a lot of stuff. I do agree that they were given a little too much rope, and almost every single time it's Vigilante and Peacemaker, that if it was shorter, it would have still worked, but you're kind of like, okay, move on. But initially, all of them I enjoyed a lot. They just kept rolling, and they had so much footage, let's make this three minutes of ad-lib or back and forth when it should have been more like one, one and a half, keep other stuff moving. It's the most self-indulgent thing Gunn has done yet, I think. Vigilante really felt like a character written for the internet. (laughs) For or by. It's his Deadpool, but not self-aware. He has no family, no parents, no feelings, no emotions. He is truly a sociopath, like Marco says. He's supposed to be the worst version of Peacemaker, so you have a litmus against that. But all these damaged people, for the most part, are really good at what they do. Vigilante is really good at being in the shit and dealing out a lot of death. They needed a weapon in this case, and so they kept him on. Team's got two tanks. What they really needed was a cleric. I guess in some ways you've got the spiritual center of this film is really Daniel Brooks's Atabeo. Doesn't want to be there in the first place, has a lot of doubts about it, is trying to make her own relationship stay healthy, and is the only person who in any way is reaching out to Peacemaker, despite his abrasive personality, is still like, I'm sure there's a better person than that underneath all this bullshit and there is it's just pretty buried under a bunch of bullshit they don't go into it but i always assumed because she had a shitty overbearing parent she recognizes someone else in that same situation because she does refer to she was certified as a marksman by 15 she was given her first gun at 15 so mom was trying to kind of coax her and train her that way but she deviated from that path and what we see of his father augie peacemaker should have turned out worse but he didn't latch on to all his dad's shit, so he deviated a little bit. Their connection, I always assumed, was she saw someone growing up as she had. Both of them are constantly trying to tell their overbearing parents who are on an extreme path, no, I don't want to be like you, but also doing what they say most of the time. It's that strange need for validation, which they should have outgrown. Like, they know their parents are wrong, but they still kind of want them to say, you know, you're really good at this. I love you. This is exactly what I've always wanted for you. They want that approval, even though they know where it's coming from is awful. Well, let's go to final thoughts. Neil, why don't you get us started? I went in excited, but had no expectations, and they were all met. The show's not perfect, but for me, it is in the conversation of the stronger superhero television, which there's not a ton of that. Outside of CW, Marvel's getting there close, but to have the hard edge it needed, to have the dark humor it needed, I think it worked. For the most part, not every single time. I'm glad they're getting a season two. 
It may depend on the team. It may depend if Gunn writes all of it. I think part of why the show works is he's the through thread of all of this. It wasn't handed off to a team. I agree, Marco. You said it was his most indulgent. It's the most hours, most budget he's had to do something other than trying to do under two hours of Guardians or something like that. You see the shades of it in Guardians, too. The rocket arguments and stuff. You see that expanded here. And he just goes a little too far sometimes and it gets distracting. But overall, I really enjoyed the show. I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10 piano solos. Marco, it has been confirmed by Gunn himself that he will be writing and directing the entire next season. He wrote this as a lark in between doing, you know, Suicide Squad and Guardians. So the man's unstoppable right now. Who knows what he'll do next? I'm going to be interested to see it too, because I did really like this. I wasn't expecting to like it as much. Like I said, I already walked in thinking, well, Peacemaker's an idiot and uh, not a terribly likable character. You're going to have to really earn my sympathy for him. But John Cena does it. He's been one of those guys that's impressed me for a while. And I think this is like the first major role he's had that he can truly call his own and show us what he's able to do. He's got great support from the rest of the cast. The jokes are great, except there's too many of them. And it goes a little bit too long for a rather short story. Nevertheless, I enjoyed it. I look forward to seeing more. And I'm going to give this 7.5 out of 10 really awkward holiday conversations with Amanda Waller over Thanksgiving dinner. Elliot. Well, this week I watched a spinoff of a pretty overrated entry in a long-running franchise but uh, enough about the Book of Boba Fett. I agree with a lot of what's been said here. I, I am probably the most negative, although I definitely didn't hate this or even really outright dislike it. There's just a lot that left me wanting, a lot that I think could have been shaved off, which is interesting for a show that's eight episodes, but I'm liking my TV shorter and shorter. I really like black comedy action stuff, but I think the, the story needed some punch-ups. They could have nixed a couple characters. I think James Gunn needs to be reined in a little bit. Some of his jokes are a little too polished. But that being said, John Cena is really showing his stuff here. So is Danielle Brooks. I really liked her. A character like Harcourt kind of feels out of place here or just without much to do even though i like that character and that actress this is a really mixed bag for me one that is probably more positive than not but i'm not really going to recommend this to anyone other than really hardcore dc fans so i'm going to give this six and a half jars of green goo out of ten yeah, I feel like I am somewhere in the middle of all this, probably closer to Marco than anyone else. I think this is a lot of fun. I think the jokes are hit and miss, but there's way more hits than there are misses. Some of the misses are pretty damn awkward, though. I think it is longer than it needs to be, only because it doesn't have enough plot to really extend. There's a lot of spitting your wheels. I like the cast a lot, and I remember seeing Cena in uh, Trainwreck and going, that guy is funny! Who knew that guy was so funny? Holy cow! <laughs> I would love to see him do some more stuff like that and now that he has i'm like well we know what his gift is i mean other than wrestling i guess but i'm not a big wrestling guy so i welcome another season i feel like they can really smooth over some of the rough spots and there are rough spots but overall i can't really think of much to complain about that isn't ultimately just a personal taste thing nothing inherently wrong with it really i mean at its worst the adrian chase character is 
a bit much. But I just look forward to, because this was such a big hit, who is DC going to go, okay, Gunn, fine. We'll let you move up from D-tier characters to C-tier characters that you can use. So maybe if you were, you know, who knows, what what's Blue Devil doing these days? I don't know. We still haven't seen him yet. Or Booster Gold. Blue Devil was in the Swamp Thing series. Yeah, but I don't think that's considered canon for these. I'm not sure, but they pulled it into HBO Max. Well, Batmite is now canon, so maybe he'll show up. This is canon with the DC movies, but are the other DC TV shows canon with the movies? Because I thought they were not, but I could be They're in the same multiverse because Ezra Miller has appeared on CW's Flash as his own Flash in a cameo briefly. It's canon when it's convenient and the actors are available. Exactly. Or they have a movie coming out next year or two. Discussing canon has become so much more complicated in the last few years, that is for sure. (laughs) There are too many crises on Infinite Earths going on in various different fan-favorite franchises. Anyway, this is good. I think you should watch it. If you're not yet all familiar with DC characters, this is where I'll disagree with you, Elliot. I think this might even be more your thing. If you're like, I'm not really into superheroes that much, but I like something that's funny and sort of raucous and rude. This this is, could be very well your thing. This is the, you're like, I don't like superheroes, but I do like Peacemaker. That's a big, dumb, fun, violent action comedy. This might be more the candy to draw people into a bigger superhero universe who don't normally watch superhero stuff. I'm going to give this seven and a half out of ten tiny little judo masters that will still kick your ass up and down the trailer. <laughs> Who knew Flaming Hot Cheetos were so dangerous? There's a theory online that even though he was in partnership, that the Flaming Hot Cheetos was his defense against the butterflies. No butterfly would Mm. enter his mouth because it was always Flaming Hot. That would never have occurred to me. Oh, I didn't come up with it. The internet has that theory. Thank you, internet, for thinking through every last possible thing that you could possibly think through. 